last week, we began a series of messages called In This Manner. And uh, the Lord has highlighted the theme of prayer for us in this particular season of our congregational life. And so uh, he is doing some marvelous things in terms of helping us to understand what prayer really is all about and engaging in it. And uh, I felt, uh, along with what we're doing in our microchurches and other venues, that I, I, I wanted to speak to you about what Jesus had to say about prayer. And that takes us to the passage that's before us uh, right now, wherein you will find what we often call the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father. And I think some people imagine that this was a script that the Lord intended for us to pray. That if you, you know, here's how you pray, and then you just repeat after me, in other words. And uh, that's not how it went down. In fact, it wasn't even that Jesus got his disciples together and said, Hey guys, prayer is an important thing. Let me tell you how to do it. It didn't even happen that way. We talked last week about how this all came down was that the disciples were observing Jesus pray. Jesus went off by himself. The Son of God praying to the Father and the disciples hanging out just waiting for him to be done were observing him praying and something was so wonderful about what they observed Jesus experiencing communing with the Father in prayer that when he was done the disciples asked him they said Jesus would you show us how to do that because that is so different than what we have observed the priests and, and uh, Pharisees and scribes doing when they pray. It's so different than what we've been exposed to in the synagogue and the temple about prayer. Please show us how to do that. So it came out of the longing of their own hearts to learn how to pray. And that's how this came down. And then when Jesus said, in answer to their request, he said, all right, in this manner, pray. In other words, like this, pray. He wasn't saying, repeat after me. He was saying, here is a template. Here is an outline. Here's how to think about prayer. And so that's what we're going to encounter here in these verses, beginning at 5. Verse 5, chapter 6, Matthew. Here we go. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who sees in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward or restore you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, or like this, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, those of you who were here last week, you know that we spent uh, quite a bit of time talking about verses 5 through 8. Where I believe the Lord was 
extending his disciples an invitation to pray, an invitation to pray. And we talked about how that invitation ultimately is to enjoy a relationship with the Father. Then in verse 9, the Lord begins, in my opinion, to, to talk about an inversion. And that's what we're going to be dealing with today, an inversion. I'll come back to what that means in a moment. And then verses 10 through 13 the Lord begins to show his disciples that prayer can be also an invasion where on the basis of our relationship with God, we can begin to move into, wade into territory that where the enemy has, or Satan, the devil, however you want to describe him, has usurped or tried to usurp God's authority in that realm, whether it's your finances or someone's health or your neighborhood or uh, whatever, your, your marriage, where he has tried to usurp God's authority there in prayer, we can wade into that and reestablish uh, the, the uh, rule and reign of Christ there because the Lord will teach them as we read pray this way thy kingdom come thy will be done and so we'll get to that the next time I'm together with you I won't be here next Sunday because I'll be making my fall or next weekend because I'll be making my fall trip to Taiwan uh, that uh, where I work with youth with a mission uh, twice a year so anyway I won't be here but my wife will be and she'll be speaking and it'll be great you don't want to miss that but the week after actually I won't be I'll be here the week after but Chris Samatrano will be speaking so anyway the week after that whatever that date is a weekend after that we'll get back to and finish the inversion, I mean the invasion of prayer, but today an inversion. What does that mean? All right. To invert something means to take something that's upside down, make it right side up. Something that's backwards and make it uh, face forward again. Something that's twisted up and become untwisted. Something that's broken and make it whole. It's to, it's to take uh, uh, something that's in a uh, an adverse condition and make it right. To invert something means to turn it around. How many have got some stuff in your life that's twisted up backwards, upside down, and could be uh, in needing some inversion? Jesus said in verse 9, pray this way because I believe he wants us to experience an inversion when we pray. Where this stuff in us that... that uh, is out of shape, gets straightened out. So uh, let's talk about that. Just verse 9 today, these few words that are so powerful and so important. He begins with a three-letter word that you don't want to miss. O-U-R, our. He said, pray in this manner, our Father. Now he could have said, my, he just said, pray this way, my Father. That would have been completely appropriate, wouldn't it? I mean, don't you pray that way? My God, my Father, Jesus. Hey, anybody up there? I don't know how you ever start, you know, how you start your prayers. But anyway, it can be appropriately very, you know, personal. My Father. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. But Jesus said, here, pray this way. Our Father. Why? Because he was coming after that thing that's twisted up and backwards in our lives about selfishness. And he wants to transform that thing in us where we are so stinking self-centered and discover what life could be like if that was straightened out to selfless. Let's talk about that for a minute. Babies, when they come out of the womb, you, when you were born, they come out of the womb screaming, me, 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 
Change my diaper. Feed me. Be with me. I'm tired. And not, not much changes after that, right? <clears throat> we're all, like it or not, we're all pretty self-centered. Think about when you get a cold or flu <laughs> and how much you think about anybody else. When you're, it's like, you know, it's all me all the time. One of the reasons why that's so is because of the fall. And all of us, when I say the fall, I mean the original sin of Adam and Eve that all of us are, are under and all of us have replicated in our own lives and in our own relationship with God. We're all sinners. And the Bible says that that sin has separated me from God. And that's why Jesus came, by the way, to uh, bridge that gap so I could have my relation, your relationship with God restored. But in our sinful state, we're separated from God. And so we understand that if I don't take care of myself, who will? And that's the overriding theme of our lives. I have to watch out for number one. I got to make sure that I get what's coming to me. I got to make sure that I'm taken care of because otherwise it isn't going to happen. We have this, it's not a conscious thing, but it's a subconscious, but you know it's there. And it drives so much of our lives. But the Bible says that we can cast our care or our concern for ourselves on God. Why? Because he cares for you. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. That's what the Bible says. I don't have to be the sole uh, provider. I don't have to be the sole person responsible for my well-being. There's a God who loves me. I can trust him with that. Another thing the Bible says is that when I seek to save my life, I lose it. Slips through my fingers. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to in the course of my pastoral ministry where they've said to me, Pastor, it feels like my life is just slipping away. I look back over my life and there's nothing. I have nothing to show for it. I have existed. Maybe accumulated some stuff. But nothing. Don't get to the end of your days and your, your life has seeped through your fingers. It's gotten away from you. The Bible says if you continue down this path of self-centeredness, self-focus, your life will slip away. On, on the contrary, he says, if you give your life for my sake, Jesus said, if you give your life away for my sake, that's when you find it. So Jesus, when he taught his disciples to pray, nothing less than their well-being and their, the, the, the fulfillment of life was at stake when he said, pray this way, our. Because it means that I begin to think beyond myself. And really, in truth, in prayer, I discover something even beyond that. That the world is not just about me. I get, I'll get that. But over time... As I spend those few moments with the Lord again and again and again, day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year, in, year out, I start to realize it's not about me for sure. And it's really not even about them. It's about him. What he's thinking, what he's doing, what he's caring about. And that's an amazing thing. But the Lord says, okay, start this way. 
hour. And he's going after selfishness, straighten that out to selflessness. And then he said, pray this way, our Father, our Father. A lot of people think really that prayer is more like a philosophy or an, or a, an engagement in some kind of religious or theological uh, experience, you know. It isn't any of that. It's about being with a father. This is not a philosophy. This is a father. Sometimes we imagine that prayer is kind of like, uh, or, or even our whole relationship with God is kind of like a combination lock. You know, that if I, if, I get all the, if I get all the tumblers just right, that it'll pop open. You know, if I get the right words, if right frame of mind, right tone of voice, right posture, you know, that somehow I'll get it and then God will hear me and do something, right? It's not like that. Prayer is about coming to a father. Jesus, how many of you are dads in the room? Jesus said this. He said, if you dads know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? How much more does your heavenly father love and care about you? If you love your kids, think about how he feels about you. I remember when my kids were little and they were all involved in sports like yours are, you know, or basketball and baseball and soccer and we didn't do the wrestling, but forgive me. I'm so sorry. We didn't, but all the rest, you know, and it keeps you busy like crazy and uh, all of that. But uh, there came a point in their lives when they started to actually understand the rules and care about the game and know what the score was and who won and who lost. But for a long time, they didn't. It was all about whether I was watching them. That's all that mattered. In fact, they'd be running down the field, and this is no joke. <laughs> right? They want to know if I'm watching. And somehow they always catch me in those moments when I've turned away. Just for a moment, you know? <laughs> Scarred them for life. No, honestly, that's not the thing. We all want to know that we are loved, that we are watched, that we are cared for. That, but the Bible says that you and I are like the pupil of God's eye. He, he, that's how much he's concerned about your life. And when we come to him in prayer, there's something getting straightened out in our lives about who God is and how I relate to him. He's my father. Now, there's another issue about this whole thing, and I understand it very well from having, you know, many decades of experience ministering to people that every one of us has, ha has a father, like it or not, and every one of them is imperfect. And there are, uh, so there's varying degrees of that imperfection and how it's impacted our lives, but very many of us have been imprinted or impacted or, or branded in a way by the father figure in our life that's not good. And when I even say the word father, the, uh, the emotion that comes up, the thoughts that come into your mind are negative. He's the one whose pleasure I could, I had to strive for and could never get. Um, 
he's the one who treated me cruelly. Uh, you, you name it, and I don't need to go farther because you, you understand. And so that understanding of who Father God is has gotten really twisted up for a lot of people. The Lord said, when you pray, remember you're talking to a father. Let me, over time, as you are in my presence again and again in prayer, it won't necessarily happen all at once, but again and again as you come before me, let me, let me straighten that out. Let me help you to understand what a real father is like. The one you really have, let me be that to you. This prayer is not a philosophy. It's coming to a father. Our father, and then he said, pray this way, our father in heaven. Our father in heaven. Why? Not because he wanted us to be thinking that he's far off somewhere. Exactly the opposite. But because we need to know that he has an eternal perspective. He is in heaven. Now, I lived in the Central Valley for quite a uh, well, about three years, I guess. That was long enough. <clears throat> uh, they have a thing out there called Thule Fog. Some of you know what that is, where it, you know, this, this uh, it's rather shallow. I don't know exactly, but it's probably hundreds of feet, but not, not that much more. But anyway, it settles in, and you can't see the sun. It's thick. You can't see the sun, and sometimes it'll stay for days, weeks, even a month at a time. And I was, I would get to where I was going crazy, literally, not being able to see the sun. And so I figured out that it isn't very thick, and I didn't have to rise to much of an elevation before I could clear it. So I would, when I'd start to feel that oppressive darkness, I'd just get in my car and I'd drive up uh, the mountain, and I'd get, get to this place where I'd break through the cloud. Sunny skies, clear as a bell, and oh, it was like, hallelujah. The feeling of expansiveness and lightness and brightness that you, you have in those kinds of moments. It's an amazing thing. Some of you like to hike, and you know one of the reasons why you do that is because if you could get, if you can, after the payoff of a hike is you get to, usually, to some top of something a hill, a mountain, or whatever. And when you get there, the payoff is the view. It feels like, oh, life just expanded, just opened up on me. And let's be honest, a lot of times life feels very claustrophobic. I, like, I am a Star Wars fan, so I can't help but say this and remember about the scene in Episode 4 when they're in a trash compactor, Right? And the walls are closing in. But look, a lot of times life feels like that. And you feel limited. I only have so many options here. Time is running out. The clock is ticking. I got to get the money for that rent by tomorrow. You know, those kinds of things. And it feels hopeless sometimes. Feels very desperate. And that's when we need to pray, Our Father in heaven because from his vantage point he knows the end from the beginning and everything in between he's the eternal one the one who we just read who knows my need before I do before I even know to ask he knows the one who's not surprised not stumped not confused not troubled by anything 
He is the master of all things. That's why he said, pray this way. Our Father in heaven. And, and something in us that always feels limited begins to get inverted to where we understand, no, I, I am not constrained by anything. I have a limitless God. That's pretty important when you say. And then he said, pray this way, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. It's an expression of worship. Revered, honored, respected, lifted up, exalted, adored, be your name. That's, that's what that means. Hallowed be your name. Why? Because we have a God who is uh, insecure and just needs to be reminded that we love him? No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think he's pretty, well, okay, without me. <laughs> uh, you know, he... Every time the Bible commands us to worship, and you'll, you'll read, it'll say, sing to the Lord, clap your hands to the Lord, shout to the Lord, worship the Lord. Every time you encounter that in the Bible, it's not a command for his sake, but for mine. When I worship, when I declare the greatness and goodness of God, something is getting straightened out in me, something that's twisted up, something that's backwards, something that's upside down, where I feel like I am alone. Get straightened out over time to where I understand, no, I am not alone. The presence of God is here. Because the Bible says that uh, God is enthroned on the praises of his people. Um, it really is more about me being sensitized to the fact that he is always with me, always enthroned around me, the ultimate sovereign of all things, but sometimes I can lose track of that and that thing is twisted up and backwards in me. When I worship, when I allow myself, as we did this morning, just to speak forth the praises of God, all of a sudden, something that I know becomes something that I'm experiencing. And that's important, especially in times that aren't so good. When we're facing challenges or fearful things. To know is a good thing, but to experience is another thing altogether. And the Bible says when I worship, I, I can experience the presence of God. That's why the Lord taught us to pray this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And fear turns around to faith. This is recording number 11183 from the teaching ministry of Crossroads Foursquare Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, October 18, 2015. This is the second message in a series titled, In This Manner. This message by Randy Bolt is titled, An Inversion.